Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed-faith marriage. Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed-faith community. Welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. This is Alan. And I'm Katie. And we're still married. Our kids are also playing Fortnite in the other room, so you might hear some gunshots. Pew, 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 pew. pew. So we're going to do a few things different today. Uh, We're actually not going to edit. So Katie, you need to be careful about what you say. You need to be careful about your ums, as do I. This is a hard one because I always tell Alan to edit, 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 because I want to sound good. That's right. In this podcast. But this time I have no excuses. If no I excuses. give a pause or a um or a wait, take that out, Don't y'all that. will hear it. That's right. Y'all? Y'all will hear there's, it. There's a first example of something we wish that wouldn't have been said. Nope. I stand by my y'all. <laughs> y'all. This is also exciting because this episode is releasing on our one-year anniversary from our very first episode. Happy anniversary to of us. the podcast to us. Mm, we should open a night lounge and sing together. And they would all be original songs, wouldn't they? <laughs> of course. Well, we wanted to, to celebrate this first year. In fact, Katie, why don't you explain? Because it was your idea. It was my idea. I thought it would be fun to go back to our previous episode, year one, episode one, and listen through it, and then talk about what has changed from one year ago to now. And it was fun to listen to us talk that very first episode. It was. I could tell that I was super nervous. And... (laughs) Uh, I don't know what the word is. I was just more reserved with how I felt. And right. So it was fun. We'd adjust the mic. It okay. fell down a little bit. But oh. again, we're not editing this out. Um, anyway, so it, I think that it was fun to listen through. And we both came up with some pretty good questions for each other about where we were a year ago and talk about where we are now. A year, then. Yeah, yeah, a year later. And I know some listeners, some of you have just joined the podcast. Welcome. Welcome. And so you've kind of had a, I don't know what the word is. Um, you've been able to. Gorge on, yeah. on the you, You've been, the last, binge listened. Binge listened to the last 18 episodes. And so it'll be a quick uh, turnaround for you guys to hear where we are versus then. But for those listeners who have been with us since the beginning, maybe they're not listening. Who knows? But <laughs> maybe you are interested in some of the stuff that we we talked about, or maybe you don't remember what we talked about. So we're going to yeah. go go with that. Okay, we've got a few questions written down. Yes, we do. Why don't you go ahead and uh, answer the first question and, and why you're asking it. Basically, what you heard in that first episode when you re-listened uh, that made you want to ask that again. Okay, so my first episode or my first question for Alan is um, in the first episode, Alan talked about how he still found value in going to church. And for him, he wanted to be there and he was still there with us. One year later, Alan, where are you? We just went to two hour church. And so has that helped? Has, does that matter? Do you want to go? Let's talk about that. <laughs> well, the question you answer, the question you asked was, are you comfortable? 
mm-hmm. at church. That's what, are you still comfortable at church? Because I think that's how I put it in the first episode. The The truth is, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable there. Um, it's It's not always easy to be there, but I think the discomfort is slowly has slowly turned into apathy, which basically is meaning like, eh, I don't really, I don't care to go for the most part. Um, I think in, in December, we've talked about this in our last episode when we talked about coming out publicly, uh, both on your Instagram and on my Facebook, that I, I stopped going altogether. This past Sunday, uh, I did go to both hours first time in elders quorum in 10 11 months maybe and that was eventful eventful is right <laughs> we won't go into any details but <laughs> there was you look i as you can tell very public uh persona i both on stage and on a podcast i i don't sit idly by if if i want to participate in a conversation i will i don't let uh, any if I feel differently than the prevailing thought in the room, that doesn't pr- dissuade me from making comments. So I made a few comments and I had it back and forth with a few people. It was respectful, but we did disagree, and that's fine. It was good. So I mean, for me, it's I, I honestly this is a kind of a big topic. We probably should do our own episode. We will do our own episode around uh, deconstructing versus reconstructing. So a lot of your typical faith crisis or faith transition is deconstructing what you used to believe and spending a lot of time on that. And it's, it's only a, it's a natural part of that, but I'm feeling myself less and less inclined to continue the deconstruction, which is focusing on things I don't believe. And I'm feeling more and more of a pull to reconstruct, meaning what is spirituality or what does self reflection look like to me now. Um, so we'll, we'll leave it there. Cause we'll probably, I think it's absolutely worth having our own episode about that. Cause we've had some recent conversations about that. Yeah. What, what do you see about church attendance for me? And what does it so, mean to you? That's a good question because I think last year I was in a place where I did not want to be there alone. I was so afraid about, of what people would think or say, and and besides that, I have four kids, and it's just a nightmare to be in church with them alone. Uh, now, though, um, looking at today, it's easier if Alan's not there. I'm not constantly, like, wincing at things that people say and then looking over at him and saying, I'm so sorry, and having to apologize for what's being said because I know it's hurting him. And... I don't know, church is, is so quick now, and primary is just like a blink of an eye, and I feel like I'm just running the whole time. So it's, to me, I just feel fine going alone with the kids now, and I definitely did not feel that before a year ago, but I think I've kind of come into my own where I feel more comfortable with it. That's good. Is how much, if any, of, of that is... Um, of you being more comfortable without me being there, how much of any of that is a recognition of um, what it is like for me to be there? Does that make sense? You mentioned like knowing that something is hurting me, it's difficult when I'm there. If I'm not there, you know it's not hurting me. 
Right. So, for example, earlier today, because I went last week, mm-hmm. we were talking about if I'm going to go tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I and I made the comment of just a natural reflex for me to say, "Well, I mean, do you want me to? Do you want me to? I'll come if you'd like me to come to a sacrament meeting. I'll come." And you immediately said, "What? You don't have to." No, it wasn't what even did that. I say? It was no, no. That's not what we're going to do here. That you, was today. That was today. It was. That's not what we're going to do here. <clears throat> I'm not going to put that on you. If if you want to come, then oh, absolutely yes. come. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I see what it you're was, saying. was. I could see you even four or five months ago. If I'm saying like, if I'm kind of indifferent and saying, well, yeah, I can come, I cannot come. You'd be like, well, I'd appreciate it. Like, it'd be great if you came. Right. And now you're like hold on. <laughs> yep. I'm not going to make the decision <laughs> if, if for you. If it's good for you, yep. if you want to come, you can come. Yep. And from my side, that's that's appreciated. Like, yes. I feel like you're taking into account, uh, not taking into account, you're leaving it up to what I find value in. If you find value to come, come. But if not, then yeah, I'm fine. Yes. I f- yeah. Yep. That's yeah, exactly that right. Yeah. I do feel like um, I'm, I don't want to be the one to make the decision. Before, I felt like I should have a say in it but now i just feel like you do what's best for you i'm gonna do what's best for me and i feel like for me i want to be there i want the kids to be there if you don't want to come fine right okay so on to the next question um in the first episode we talked about how alan had a lot of anxiety and depression surrounding some of the things that he learned and how those feelings really just bottled up inside because he couldn't tell me and he couldn't explain what was going on. Um, and that was during just, it was like the very first year and he was learning things and he would kind of just push them down and he would have panic attacks and, and you know, some other things associated with that. So I, wanted to know now that you're out in the open and everybody or anyone who's on Facebook or knows us knows where you're at have you had relapses of anxiety and depression and what does that look like for you now no perfectly mentally healthy uh next question (laughs) (laughs) is this one we should try to avoid no 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 at all I'll talk about whatever so yeah no I've I wouldn't say I've had any relapses of depression i think that there has been anxiety and much of it is tied to the same reasons why i had it before of when i do try to stifle my thoughts or not voice them um i tend to feel anxiety about that Uh, there was a very recent experience just within the last week of a number of things did not fall my way and all of them regarding uh, the church conversations with people I wish had gone differently. Uh, uh, we, I, I had a listener that, that reached out and said, um, I can't talk to you anymore because my wife threatened divorce. So I'm trying to distance myself from anything that could be perceived a threat to that. And I completely understood. And I said, good for you. Take care of your marriage. But it was that plus a few other things that, <clears throat> As we talked about in the first episode, we're not going to get personal and call out leaders or family or anything like that. But a few conversations, just one after another, really hit hard. And I shut down and felt a lot of anxiety because of it. Um, Some of that was a conversation with Katie about 
Um, we're still actually haven't talked about it a bunch since, so we're going to have to do another episode. We're committing to a lot of episodes here. We're going to have to do another episode <laughs> on uh, I feel very strongly that that it's a good thing that Katie and I feel differently because that can be a big gift in our kids' lives, but we have to be open about it. We have to give them that option of, hey, look, I believe this, your mom believes that, and that's okay. Katie's not quite comfortable being that open yet. I think that that's where we should leave that. <laughs> All right. We'll have to th- think and talk more and do another episode. Yeah, in the that's right. I got to think about this. Um, so very briefly, I won't tell the full story, but on Monday, I was feeling very anxious. And this just this past Monday, it's Saturday now. So just a few days ago. And I told Katie about it. And she said, uh, do you want to get an appointment with the massage person? And I said, sure. And we have a... Um, lady that we've been going to for a while. And I went there and it was very healing, both on the physical side and on the the spiritual side, however you want to find spirituality. Um, but she, she kind of talks you through a few things as she's rubbing you. And it was awesome. It was a really good experience. Uh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. And I think what it was important that that Alan did is that he opened himself up for just letting things happen as they were and not being cynical and not being a a naysayer of what other gifts people have. She's a really spiritual person and she's a healer. And Alan and I just, we both recognize that. And so the fact that Alan was willing just to say, well, I'm just going to let things happen the way that they're going to happen and I'll just be open to it. And I think because of that, you gained quite a bit. Yeah, I did. And I, um, you know, some of the things that, that she said, a lot of, a lot of people and myself included would look at that and say, that's fortune teller stuff. (laughs) That's just, that's ridiculous. But for whatever reason, whether it's because you're, vulnerable, naked on a table, and she's <laughs> relaxed you with, with rubbing your back. It was it was just a place where that there was no judgment. It was just, I'm just going to let this happen and be open to this experience. And I'm glad that I was, because it was really neat. I, I It made me think, like, I wish I could do that to everything. Um, <clears throat> and I think in some be ways... Be naked on a table. Be naked on a table, yeah. <laughs> I want to be naked you. on a table with someone rubbing me everywhere I go. <laughs> no, I, I think what I mean by that is was it was a new experience Mm -hmm. that I was able to, without judgment, just participate in. And it it made me think about this reconstructing of kind of spirituality that I'm trying to focus on now of just, I want to go and try different things. I want to go and like Katie mentioned, let's try some yoga. Great. Let's try some yoga. I've listened to a secular Buddhist podcast. It's super interesting. And it's just all with the from the perspective of what do other people value and what what is something that drives and brings meaning to other people. I think that that's that's fascinating, and I think that would end up being um, something as I embrace that that anxieties anxiety levels would decrease because I'm filling I'm filling a void with what used to be filled by the church. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, important to note that. Just because you are out in the open and people, I think people know where you're at, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you don't still get that feeling of anxiety or, or once in a while become depressed about things that are happening because 
this is life and it doesn't <clears throat> automatically mean that everything is cured. It, it, that doesn't yeah. happen. You know, I think that's a really, really good point. And I think that uh, I've fallen into the trap and we've even talked about this of being so concerned that when we're around people that we know are looking for any reason to point at me and say, Oh, you're not happy. That's because you left. Uh, that we've been like, okay, well, I've got to go. And for the next three hours when I'm in this group of people, I have to put on a happy, happy face and be this shining example of, see, you can be happy too. It doesn't matter if you're in or out of the church when really I've just had a really hard day at work. And that's why, so it's, there are legitimate reasons to feel anxiety and depression that are, have nothing to do with religion or belief. And for Alan, I think you wear your emotions, your on, emotions on your sleeve. I can tell immediately if he's like what mood he's in. And even through text messages, if I'm not using exclamation points and emojis, <laughs> Katie knows something's going on. Something's up. That's right. Um, yeah, I I can tell really easily. With others, it's not so easy to tell. Some people are pretty even kill, but I think that. Just you, you do feel a lot of relief once you're out, at, but at the same time, like the other stresses of life don't just go away. Yeah, and there's residual impact, and we can get on to the next question here in a yeah. second. The buzzer's going off in my head saying we've been on this one for too long. Too long. But I'll say this. Don't, don't feel like you have to pretend or continually say that everything is great now that you've left or now that you don't believe something anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that we, a lot of people in my position are so focused on, on trying to prove or trying to be that example of that you can be happy. Mm-hmm. There are serious, there is a traumatic experience that you go through when you discover, I'm speaking from my, my person's perspective, when you discover the things you once held so closely as to part of your identity are not what you thought them to be. There, of course, there's sadness and of course there's pain and there's anger and there's lashing out. Of course, that's part of it. So don't feel like you always have to be, yes, try to be optimistic and try to move forward. But there is that, that part of the experience as well that, man, you can't be happy about this Yeah, all and, the time. And on the other <laughs> side, it's, it's you, me, Um, looking at my life and saying, this is not what I signed up for. I married you in the temple and we signed up to go on a mission together when we're old. Like, why are you changing your mind about all of this? And, and that's hard too. And I'll just say this. I also went to the healer. We'll just call her the healer. Um, I went to the healer and, and she, one thing she said is she said, Katie, you have so much sadness in your heart. And you just need to, like, give it away. Just give it to Jesus. And I really liked that. I really liked a lot of the things she said to me. And so just know that it gets better, but it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I mean, life life still happens. And Alan still has his moments of depression and anxiety, and I do as well. And so we're not perfect, you know, we're a year, year out and it's, and it still comes in waves. If you've ever lifted weights for long periods of time, uh, consistently, you, you never stop being sore. You're always sore. You're just used to it. 
It was it I feel like the last year has been that way for us is that the 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 struggles and having to to talk through things and the difficulties of a mixed faith marriage they don't go away. You just get better at handling them and you get used to working through a lot of these issues. Yeah, I like that example. Dude, tight, thanks. Okay. Tight, 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 We watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine quite a bit. Oh, gosh, that show is awesome. Okay. One other thing that I listened to in the podcast was I was worried about the lifestyle changes, the veering that would happen if we weren't on the same page. And so, I mean, a year later... Where are we? Do we have major lifestyle changes that are different than a year ago? What What is different? Not really. I now, mean, the big change before we even started recording last year, probably three or four months before that, I had stopped wearing garments. So that wasn't a change from the first episode. Yeah. I've probably had 10 to 12 cups of coffee since we recorded the first episode, and I hadn't before that. Alan's a, was that a hard thing for you? I think when I first found out, I was really annoyed. I think annoyed is yeah. the word because I didn't feel like it was a it, coffee was bad, but I but I was annoyed that you had done it and you told me about it, and right. I still was annoyed. Uh, I Alan's drug of choice is <gasps> monsters. <laughs> when I say drug, I mean um, drink of choice. Drink of choice is monsters, and, and I went. 30 full days. I quit for 30 full days. And then you just went back to it. I used to do two a day, (laughs) and now I don't do two a day. Well, that's beside the point. I do like three or four a week. Anyway, but we actually have a really (laughs) funny story about this. Uh, Alan, when he has drunk coffee, it's always been on trips, right? It's been at work, yeah. It's been at work Because we've got a coffee machine at work. Right. And so... Somebody gifted me over the Christmas break. They gifted me a single serve, similar to like a hot chocolate cocoa mix, but it was a coffee mix. You just mix it up, and we were sitting down at the table to play a family game, and I I made it. I microwaved the, the water, and I opened up the coffee packet and dumped it into my water and stirred it up, and then... <laughs> The whole family's at the table. Our six-year-old, I look at her, and she's plugging her nose. And she says, ew, what is that smell? (laughs) And we are... It smells like dirt. And we just busted up. I busted up laughing. Katie looked at me and just put her hands in in her face. Oh, it was so funny. Her face in her hands, and she was just laughing out of control. I, I was laughing hard. It was one of those moments where, again, maybe a year ago, if this would have happened... Katie would have ran out of the room crying. But it was just one of those funny things that was like, oh my gosh, that's really funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was really funny. And there hasn't been that smell in our house since. So that's right. Our kids did not appreciate that smell. It was pretty, it was a good tester. (laughs) Right, right. How was, uh, what about alcohol? Nope. No alcohol? No alcohol. What happened on our anniversary? We didn't drink alcohol. No, I You know. didn't drink alcohol. I'm, I'm that, duh, I know. I was there. Sorry, you don't like it when I say duh. No. Um, this is the part that would be edited. Not gonna happen. <laughs> so we went to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And um, I mentioned, hey, I'm ready to try this if you'd like. And, and what was your response? No. <laughs> and for me, it was like, okay, that's fine. And I, I'm not... Again, I feel like this is an important topic to talk about because I think that is, of lifestyle changes, the most common number one thing that we get in emails is, 
oh my gosh, he's drinking, or he really wants me to drink, and or he really wants to drink, and and um, whether it be socially or casually, right. or not, he wants to go get wasted and drive a car, but it's he's out with work friends, or we went out with some friends last night, and it's kind of a mixed active versus not members crowd and some were drinking some weren't um it's that that type of 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 a drink and uh for me i'm still at this point and i'll just this maybe is helpful to reaffirm for you katie that i don't see anything wrong with it but i also don't feel like i know that some people have felt like this is my feeling and my spouse doesn't get to control my feeling so if I'm going to do it, she's got to deal with it. Or that that's a little bit misrepresenting what some people's discussions have been with their spouses. But I don't feel like this big pull to do something that I know is really going to be hard for Katie. So I've always maintained, I think we've even said in a previous episode, that I want my first glass of wine to be across the table from Katie as she's drinking her first glass of wine. And Katie's response to that is... Well, that will never happen. <laughs> then I say, so be it. And that that's where I'm at right now. And of course, things change and we have conversations as things go we'll on. We'll do a two-year episode. <laughs> See where we're at. Two-year anniversary episode. That's right. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else? Um, I wanted to ask you a question. You, you described yourself or self-defined yourself as a TBM. Can you remind... <laughs> that was in the first episode. So it's been a year. Can mm-hmm. you remind our our wonderful uh, listeners, not viewers, thank goodness I haven't showered, but our, our listeners, what a TBM is and if you would still consider yourself a TBM. Gosh, that's a hard one. So TBM is a I'm true... not the only one that gets hard questions. You get them too. I know I do. Um, TBM is referring to true believing Mormon or true blue Mormon, one of the two. I think that I would say... Um, I would be an NBM, <laughs> a that? nuanced mm. believing Mormon. A nuanced believing Mormon. Okay. Yeah. Hashtag that. So I think no, that... I think you're right. I think that's an accurate... I think that's an accurate way of saying it. I, I recognize so much of what happens, the good and the bad, the healthy and unhealthy things that happen. Um... But I still believe, and I still, I believe in, I, I don't know, would you, what percentage would you put me at? That's uh, hard to say. Yeah, I, I just, there are some things that I dismiss, and there are other things that I really still believe in. And so, for that reason, um, I, I recognize that there's a lot of hurt that happens, and that there are things that the church could be better at. Sure. Um, at the same time, I'm still choosing to be part of it. Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know anything else. I I think that's all the questions that we had for this one. We just wanted to say thank you so much for those that have stuck with us for a year. Uh, here's to another year. And, um, as kind of a preview of things to come, we have two interviews already scheduled. We're doing one of them tomorrow night with Nick and Chelsea Homer. Mm-hmm. And then next Thursday, we have an interview with... Let's see if I can pronounce this name this name right. <laughs> You're such a bad G- 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 Gina 
Colvin, Gina Colvin, and Nathan McCluskey are going to join us for uh, in our first um, transcontinental <laughs> uh, interview, interview uh, from New Zealand. And we are both very excited about uh, both those interviews and extremely worried that we will look very stupid and silly to Gina and Nathan. <laughs> right. We're going to be saying like little two-liners and we're just going to let them take over because they are both very well-spoken and very intelligent people. And we're very excited that they have um, accepted to be on the podcast. Thank you to Nathan for reaching out and telling me he'd like to do it. Uh, just to put it out there. Uh, we will be in California for a couple weeks at the end of March. Mm. And if you are in California, San Diego, we'll be in Santa Barbara, we'll be in Anaheim. If you are in the area and you would like to go to dinner with us, have us over for dinner because we'll have our kids with us. So buy sorry. Us, buy us dinner. <laughs> um, gifts. We'll leave room in our bags to pack for gifts if you want to. I'm just kidding. No. If you'd like to meet up, we would love. We would to love meet. to meet you. I know that a lot of you live outside of Utah and um, you've contacted us and. Anyway, we'll be in California for a couple of weeks, and we really don't have any set plans. And so if you want to meet us, our family at the beach, let's do it. We we love to meet those of you out there who are in the same boat as us. And I got an email from a woman a couple of days ago, and I love the email. She said that she'd listened to all the podcasts, and she said, uh, please keep doing them, and I feel like I can call you friends. And I thought that was nice because I hope that when you listen to us and we talk about these things that you do feel like you're our friends because you are. And we're allowing very intimate and vulnerable sides of us to be shared on this podcast. And we would love to hear you and your story and meet up meet up with you and um, just meet you. So if you're in the California area... Please feel free to text us. Text us. Well, we haven't given out our number. Okay, I'll, I'll give my number, and we're not no. editing. <laughs> no, we're I'll not. give you my number. No, right no, no, no. Eight oh one. No, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can email us at marriage on a tightrope. You can at gmail dot com. You can go to Instagram and follow us at marriage on a tightrope. And also, we last name, last time we gave our names, Alan yeah. and Katie Mount. So you can find Alan on Facebook. I'm not, but if you want to just send him a Facebook chat, that that works also. Yes, uh, for those that are in the Phoenix area, I will be. Katie won't be with me. It's a boys trip. The end of February and I'm just going to show March. up. Oh, you better not. Um, <laughs> uh, I go down for spring training, big baseball net. So I'm down there. So if you're in the Phoenix area, reach out. I'll be down there the last week of February, uh, beginning of March. Uh, the, the whole purpose of this podcast has not changed. And that ties into us kind of telling you where we're going to be because the whole purpose of the podcast is for you to see that you're not alone. There are so many people that are experiencing this. And I, one thing that I still agree with, with our very first episode is that while there are difficult things that happen um, for, in the introduction of a mixed-faith mixed marriage, there are difficulties with that. There are absolutely huge blessings that go along with it. And Katie and I are much closer in many ways than we ever were before. And we would not have reached that those levels of closeness 
uh, of intimacy, we can say, uh, without this having to, to deal with a, a mixed faith marriage. So we're very grateful for the experiences we've had, even though they are very difficult. So you are not alone in this. Just remember that. And hopefully if you don't reach out to us, you have someone in your inner circle that can be your cheerleader or your helper and that you can confide in and that will help you along your way because it makes such a huge difference. And both spouses, no matter which side you are on, not that we're taking sides, allow for your spouse to have that. And no, it can be so hard for the believing spouse to see their their spouse texting with a brother or a friend that feels the same way and feel like they are just going to be dogpiling on top of each other. And same thing if your believing spouse has a friend that is all in and her husband left and has now come back and you're just worried like, oh my gosh, this is going to be tough. That we, we are such a social species. We have to have connections. So allow them to have those connections and hopefully um, they don't get too toxic in some of the conversations that can happen. Right. And you can always contact us. We keep it pretty light, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I've had a number of believing spouses reach out recently to kind of get my perspective on a few things. And people are coming, are brand new coming into this um, dynamic of a new relationship all the time. So we've been, two, we're two years in. There's certainly people that are many more years in than that. But there are people every day that in our in the emails we get, last week my husband told me, two weeks ago my wife let me know that dot, dot, dot. There are very fresh, fresh feelings that are happening here. So please... Um, neither Katie nor myself, we are not in an angry place anymore. Uh, we, were we if, ever? Yes, you were. Yeah, we were. We were. We, were. we both were, yes. And so if if you need to, to reach out, again, I think we're saying this for the 12th time, please do. The last thing I'd like to say uh, in honor of the umbrella under which we live here in this podcast world uh, the last thing I'd like to say for the, for our one year anniversary is thank you very much to Bill Real, yes, who has given us. That was one thing that, as I listened to the first episode, I was surprised that I didn't mention Bill. Yeah. But I think the reason is because we recorded it before we knew he was going to publish it. <laughs> so. He said record it, and then he listened to it, and then he said, "Well, I'm publishing it." And That's we were right. Like what? Like, so, uh, Bill, thank you so much. I know thank you, Bill. 2018 was a a very big. Uh, both in very good and in difficult ways for you, Bill. Um, I've I, I feel very I feel per- very personally blessed to to know you, to be able to text and call whenever I need to, for your introduction, for me to Radio Free Mormon, who has I've actually inter- interacted with more than with you, Bill, and he's been a, a very good friend for me as well. I'm very grateful for Skyler and Wendy. And um, Jack Danique and just everyone under the under the Mormon Discussions banner has been uh, just a great friend for, for both of us. We love you guys. Thank you very much for listening to Marriage on a Tightrope. You will see our next episode with Nick and Chelsea Homer within the next seven days. It matters how quickly I can edit it. <laughs> and it, I already know, even though I haven't recorded it yet, it was just absolutely in the top three interviews we've done to date. Because it's literally the third interview we've done today. Literally. (laughs) We'll see you next time, everybody.